only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Hello and welcome once again, and uh, thank you for joining me. It's been a nice day today. It's a cold day, cloudy day, but it was all, all together it was nice. I visited with my wife today and she was kind of lucid and that was real enjoyable. Uh, you know, it was full of laughter and love. And um, it's, it's been a good day. It's been a very good day. The Lord continues to bless me in spite of myself and I just thank him for that. Heavenly Father, I just come to you and I just thank you, dear Lord, for this day. I thank you, dear Lord, for uh, the opportunity I had to uh, spend with my wife and uh, her being lucid today was enjoyable and we had a good time and listened to good music and danced and Lord, I just thank you. I just thank you for the facility and the people that work there. They are truly a blessing for they do take care of her, Heavenly Father and um, they care for her like I care for her. They love her also, and that is just so, so awesome. And I'm just so thankful for that. I uh, thank you, Lord, for um, my children. You know, uh, they all seem to be doing well, and I, I just give you praise for that. And I just thank you for the message that uh, was shared with us this evening at uh, church service, dear Lord. Uh, you know, being in your presence, you know, just just being in awe of you. You love us in spite of ourselves, you know. And sometimes, you know, I even ask and says, how can you love me? But you're our creator. You're my father. So all I want to do, Heavenly Father, is just trust and obey you. And the more I do, the more you show me your compassion, your forgiveness, your love, your kindness, your, your provider, your healer. You're everything I need. Now, Lord, I just pray that as I read these stories from uh, this book, sometimes God has kids face, that uh, you will touch the hearts of those that are hearing these words and that uh, you will compel them to move in a way, either financially or, or with time, you know, their time spent, uh, whether it's just acknowledging <coughs> a child of their own or, or someone else's that need help, you know, just just touch them, Lord, and you, you know what um, you have in store for them, so I just pray that uh, you just reach out and just touch us all, dear Lord, and I just give you the praise in your Son Jesus' name, amen. No stranger I to death. He lives with me each day. He tempts me with my grave and hides the price I'll pay. And that was a poem from a street kid. As he walked off into the darkness, we wondered if we'd ever see him again. He came to our van last night, an 18-year-old ghost of a kid, walking his last days on this earth. 
In his trembling left hand he had a spiral-bound notebook, in his right a tattered history book. The worn shirt on his back was the same one he had on for months, except time had taken its toll. Do you think you could hold these books for me a while? he said, as he does every time we see him. I'll be back in a couple hours, maybe. You could just keep these for me while I'm gone, he said. Do you have to leave so soon, we asked, while handing him a bologna sandwich and some fruit punch in a plastic cup. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid I do, he said in a weary and tired voice of an older man. I got a lot of work to do tonight. My mom really needs me right now. It's just her and my two little sisters, and she's pretty sick still, he said. Her bills are stacking pretty high these days, he said. I'll be back for the books in a while. With that, he gave us a tired wave and turned off into the darkness to begin another night's work. We call him the dirty blonde-haired kid because he's too embarrassed after all these months to tell us his name, and his job is something no kids should ever be forced to do, working the night shift on the streets as a professional prostitute. When our van workers first met him way back when, he was a much different, a kid, a kid's smile and innocence, a kid's energy and vitality, a kid's mind and body and soul and a spirit, but that was back then. I gotta find a way to earn some money for my mom, he told us way back then. She can't work anymore, and she really needs my help. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I got some ideas, he said. She'd be pretty mad at me if she found out about it, though, he said. The tears in his eyes and the fear in his voice told us what his ideas were, his body. Language made it clear that what he was about to do made him want to vomit. Come, stay with us, we said. We can help you, we said. Nah, wish I could, he said. I gotta do this, he said. But thanks, he said. As time went on, and he slipped into the life of a prostitute, our little friend changed right before our eyes. His bright and energetic eyes slowly grew colder. His stride and his step stiffened. His body and demure became coarser, grandier. Like so many kids thrown to the wolves on that street, he became what's commonly known as a rough trade. Worn, tired, a used-up, beaten-up, abused, and over-the-heel commodity. From time to time, whenever we saw him, we held our hope we could reel him in and save what was left of his life. I mean, this kid is a very special kid, with a zest and a passion for reading and learning alike. Anything I've ever seen in my life. If you had ridden in our van any night and ran into the dirty blonde-haired kid with us, chances are you would have seen him holding a couple of books, usually history, texts borrowed from other kids at school or novels. Sometimes our outreach van glove compartment contained three paperbacks that belonged to him. He was never, ever without a book in his hand. You're incredibly bright, we often said to him. Come with us, we said. We can help. 
you get into college, we said. I'd love that, he said, letting his mind and his heart drift to a faraway dream. But I can't. I mean, can you help me feed my brother and sister, he'd replied. Can you help me feed my mother? Can you pay her rent? And then he would drift off into the night, a worn and tattered boy, doing whatever he could to keep his family alive. It's harder every time we see him, not to get angry at what life has done to him. Come back with us, we'd said when we saw him last night. Let us help you get off the streets, we said. I can't, he said. It's too late for me, he said. That's okay, though, he said. Don't worry about it, though, okay, he said. I mean, it isn't too bad, he said. I'll be all right, he said. No big deal, he said. Hey, could you hold these books for me, he said. Maybe I'll see you later, he said. It was less a statement than a question. As he walked into the darkness, we wondered if we would ever see his face again. Please, could you say a prayer tonight for this beautiful child? Will you join me in asking God to watch over him a little extra tonight, to keep him safe and most of all to guide him back to our outreach van, so perhaps we can finally get him the help he desperately needs? Please do that if you can. Thank you. Uh, well, the stories that I've been reading you are true stories that are recorded by <coughs> Sister Mary Rose McGeady. And um, she was a member of the Daughters of Charity. She died at the age of 84 in September of 2012. And for 13 years, uh, she was president of the Covenant House. And um, these stories that I read to you are a collection of stories that she wrote down in her journal. And these are just some of the stories. I can imagine what the, the rest of them are like. I mean, these touch my heart in such a way that you know, I just felt compelled to share these stories with you. You know, it's not, you know, I give, you know, you can give too, you know, and hopefully with time, and uh, I never know, you know, what direction the Lord will have me go, but uh, if, if, if he, you know, has time, or if he has time, or if he directs me, I should say, to go and spend some time at this place and at a covenant house, I'd be willing to do so. For kids are our precious resource. I mean, gosh, and just to think that so many are, are just thrown away, actually thrown away, just, it, it's sad. It is a sad thing. I, I like I've disclosed before, I have three, and I, I can't imagine, you know, abandoning my children to the streets. I just, I just couldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. You know, but sometimes circumstances uh, force people to do things that they wouldn't want to do, and I'm just thankful that, you know, I was never in a position or in a place where, you know, that 
was even a thought of mind. You know, my uh, my my parents, um, they, my my dad. There were seven of us, and uh, I remember my father. Um, he worked three jobs. He was uh, he was in the service. Uh, he managed a, a theater in in the evening, and then after the theater closed, uh, he would go into town and uh, he would. Um, do janitorial work at a couple of restaurants. Now he did that so my mom could stay home and take care of us. And he was a good provider. He loved us very much. He loved my mother very much. And um, I, I just, I'm just so thankful. You know, sometimes we go through life and and we miss. <coughs> the things that uh, that are, are important, you know, at the time we don't think that's important, you know, growing up, you know, okay, I was their child, I was their child, so, you know, naturally they were supposed to do all these things, take care of me, feed me, comfort me, you know, clothe me, and everything else, but when you become a father yourself, you realize what a responsibility uh, it is, you know to have children and to take care of them and to love them and to put them on the right path to guide them. And, and, and you know, I, I apologize. I, I don't know why I'm apologizing to you guys, but, uh, you know, these, these stories, uh, they touch my heart. They really do. So I just pray that, uh, that they've touched yours also and that you'd be willing to share it with somebody, you know, or get something going if you know of uh, kids that are abandoned you know help them out you know give them give them away show them a light you know just don't just don't pass by them and not not see them uh, this is uh, the Covenant House and uh, you can reach the Covenant House at P.O. Box 96708 Washington DC Two zero zero nine zero six seven zero eight, or you could call one eight hundred three eight eight three eight eight eight, and um, you can donate by um, you know using your credit card with that number. So, as uh, you know, many of you, uh, I hope and pray, you know, uh, go to. Uh, worship the Lord tomorrow uh, being Sunday I, I just pray that you have a great and glorious day and that it's filled with love and joy and compassion and kindness you know you know be be kind to others because it, it comes back to you it really does Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for this day, and I thank you, dear Lord, for this opportunity to share this message with these people. And I just pray, Lord, that you just be with us all, be with us individually. In Jesus' name, amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.